never let them stop your grind And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine Why? Cause you work hard to get there When you get stuck, look up, don't just sit there There's haters regardless, just do what you do You ain't through till it's finished, man, that's what winners do Hey guys, and welcome back to Maddie Costanzo's podcast. So it's been a little while since I've done a podcast um, by myself. So it's just me. You're going to just hear my voice for the next few minutes. I don't know how long this is going to go for. Um, but yeah, we'll see see how it goes and see what happens. Um, I'm, I've got a couple guests coming on uh, this week and next. Uh, one's from a supplement company that supports me. Um, and one's from one of my clothing brands that I absolutely love. Um, he owns that. So I'm really excited for the guests that are coming on. But today you have me uh, because we're going to talk about a topic that I get asked quite a lot about. Um, and I'm not, I don't know, it's weird. Like I feel like it's not interesting. Like I, when someone tells me, oh, can you do this topic? I kind of just think like, why are you so interested in that? Because, you know, but anyways, the topic is just like my life and kind of how I got to where I got to today. So um yeah I started I guess let's go right back to the start I guess that's probably the best place um so growing up I just had like an I guess a normal lifestyle growing up um we I grew up I was born like out in the country um and I grew up out there and my grandparents still have the farm out there and it's super super awesome we learned how to drive you know uh utes and tractors and trucks and everything at the ages of 10 and 11 and we learned how to like shear sheep and um yeah no you know work hard before you 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 can't you can sit on your butt kind of thing like you've got to work hard out there on the farm like nothing easy comes to you like it's not given to you um you have to pull your weight around the farm so that was kind of maybe I guess where my work ethic started is um coming from the country you know uh, I remember when uh, we had to get our L's um, and our my pop was like, all right, you just need to know how to change tyres, you need to know how to change oils, like check your oil, your water level and everything before you're allowed to get a licence. So um, me and my other two cousins and my little sister, you know, there's only four of us, so it's a small family. Uh, we, we grew up pretty quick, but it was super, super cool because we have life skills now. Like I know people that are my age that still don't know how to change a tyre and the amount of tires that I have changed on the side of the road and stuff like that and have helped other people. It is a great life skill, like all the things that we learn out there. You know, our grandma taught us how to cook. I still suck at cooking. Um, I will definitely opt for not cooking if that if that was my choice. But yeah, grandma taught us how to make a few little things and obviously my mum taught us a lot as well. So yeah, that's kind of where I guess it all started with like the work ethic and um, and because my family is so little, um, I think that's why I work so hard and why I do everything and my why in life is based around my family, which I'll get into a little bit later. Um, so yeah, and then when we were about, well, I was about five or six, we moved to the uh, far south coast. Um, we started in Naruma, so that was where I played my first soccer, soccer game for everyone, but I like to call it football if you know me. Uh, but yeah, for like the under five Naruma squad down there and I played heaps of different sports as well. Like I wasn't just like soccer from day one. Um, I was like a really good swimmer and I also played netball for a little while. Um, that didn't last long because uh, the coach said that to my parents that I'm a bit too aggressive for netball. So, and I didn't really like it and I refused to wear the skirt. So, you know, 
that kind of went in and out really, really quick, that sport. Um, but yeah, so I stuck to swimming and, and football for a long time until I got to a point where I just couldn't keep up both because I was doing squad training like early in the morning and then I would obviously go to school and then football training in the afternoon. So that became a lot. So mum and dad obviously said you needed to, I needed to pick. Um, and so I picked football um, and I had a, have had a really, really good career with football. It's taken me so many places. So we'll just fast forward. We moved all our way, all the way up the coast. You know, a few things happened in between there. Um, growing up, I've been, I went to six schools. So um, I went to quite a few schools or five schools, something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where it all started. Um, and then, yeah, I moved to, I moved out of home at 17 to move to Wollongong to be closer to Sydney to play football, um, because the traveling from obviously Ulladulla where I was currently living to Sydney was like three hours and that was quite a long drive for training and then to train for two hours and drive home. Um, it killed me. So I moved to Wollongong, I moved out of home when I was 17 with some friends um and yeah we're living there for a bit and then playing football up in Sydney um and then I was started I went to a football college so like um I dropped out of school early probably missed that out but a lot of people know that about me too let's backtrack let's do a loop um I yeah I dropped out of school because uh school wasn't my thing um I was classed as one of those disruptive children sometimes um it just wasn't my thing like I didn't really I wasn't good at English I'm still not good at grammar and stuff today I'm forever getting picked up on it Um, my handwriting's atrocious you know maths I really suck at maths the only thing I can put together is know how much weight's on a on a bar uh, in the gym but yeah so school wasn't my strong point I was really good at all the creative stuff so I love visual arts you know textiles um, agriculture and obviously all the sports stuff Um, a little side note I have a really good story just a base if you want to kind of get a picture of who I was at school one of my best mates her name was Maddie too and um, I was Maddie Costanza and she was Maddie Cornell. So we were together in a lot of the roles because it was just MC, MC. So like in our exams and stuff, we were one in front of the other and everything. And anyways, we were just like two peas in a pod forever getting in trouble. And um, I remember one day our, our English teacher tried to, you know, suspend us because we were being a bit too disruptive in class. Um, and I remember we walked up to the staff room to find our PE teacher because he loved us. Um, and we said that like we're we're getting in trouble and that meant if we got in trouble we weren't allowed to go to this like massive um, football tournament we had with like the to make the you know the state team and stuff for school and everything um so he managed to get us out of getting into trouble just because he's like I need my two favorite players like I need my two best players for this sports event um so that was pretty good it was pretty lucky that we were good at sport because we got out of that and we just got on some monitoring slips where they obviously monitored our behavior throughout our classes um but yeah, so that's a little fun fact about me and that's always a funny story. You know, sport got me out of a lot of trouble. Um, it got me out of a lot of trouble in life too, I think, sport. Uh, growing up, I didn't really have the, you could say, normal teenage lifestyle of, you know, sneaking out, going to parties, like having drinks and stuff. I never did that. Um, my first drink was at 17, um, but I was turning 18 that year and like it was at my friend's 18th, so... I guess you could say I was a bit of a goody two-shoes, um, but it's not the fact that, like, I would have done it or wouldn't have done it. We just never – I don't know because I just was never put in that situation. Like, in growing up, like, in the school holidays, like, me and Mads and a lot of our mates, like, Em, Danny, um, Josie and all that, we were all, like, at 
sports camps. We were all at soccer camps. We were all in Sydney. We were all at state national camps for something like on weekends and in school holidays. So we didn't even uh, get exposed, I guess, to that lifestyle of sneaking out and kind of doing the wrong thing because we were forever in sports camps, you know. Um, and yeah, we got up to some mischief in the sports camps. I remember another little side note. These are good. You're going to learn a lot about me in, in this podcast, I think. Um, open book but yeah our very first nationals camp when we were I think 12 I'd say 12 or something 12 or 13 um, obviously you don't stay with your parents you stay with the the, the squad um, and so from the country areas you know we were like down on the south coast and then you have like Griffith and all that that was the Riverina and then like Western which is all Bathurst and stuff so we went into camp with obviously girls we haven't met before and um, you get put into rooms of like three or four and you just bunk with like whoever they give you. We were really lucky our very first camp, like me and Mads, obviously they went on alphabetical order and we were in the same room and then we managed to get one of the other girls, Nicole, she was in our room as well um, and she was from our team. So we all knew each other. So we got into a bit of mischief, but um, it was pretty much you could call it dumb, dumb and dumber. Um, I remember the first training session, they were like, all right, if you leave, like, you're responsible for locking your doors and everything that's in your room. If you leave your um, room unlocked or if you lock it and forget your key or whatever, like, you'll be sent home straight away because you're elite athletes now, blah, blah, blah. You, you need to be responsible for things. And um, anyways, we went down to our training session. We trained for two hours and then on the way back up like obviously all the girls were getting their keys out of their room like going who has a key and stuff and the three of us looked at each other and we were like all right who has a key and none of us none of us got the key we locked our key in the room day one first time we just got told that we would be sent home if we did that so we obviously didn't want to get in trouble and so one of our mates was in the room next to us and we're very lucky with how football new south wales is set up for obviously all the football girls that are listening to this you know but the way it's set up is there's like balconies and they're only like a metre apart, not even, um, and, but all the rooms had balconies. So I was like, let's let's maybe climb the balcony and let's see if we left the screen door open. So we snuck into one of our other girls' rooms because you're not allowed in each other's rooms either, obviously, for so people don't steal stuff and anything like that. Um, so I remember we went into the room next door and we're like, who's going to climb this balcony? So obviously, you know who climbed the balcony. It was me, and we and it was good. I climbed the balcony. We were safe. It's probably two stories high. Looking back at it now, it's pretty dumb. But look, at twelve, you're not really thinking about that. You just don't want to get sent home from camp on day one. Um, and yeah, so I climbed the balcony, opened the door, and unlocked the door. And we thought we were heroes. We thought we were just the best. We got away with murder. Like we were so stoked. And then, anyways, had our showers. You know, it was relaxing. And then. The coaches said, okay, dinner time. And then after dinner, you can get your dessert. We're going to go watch like a team movie in like this big hall thing. And anyways, that all happened. And then we got to the hall thing and they were like, all right, just before we start the movie, we have an announcement. And then we're like, oh, I don't think we're getting in trouble. Like this is just probably about training tomorrow or something. And they were like, we don't know who it was, but for the girls that climbed the balcony, someone saw you and if that happens again, you'll be sent home. And we were just like, and obviously a few people knew who had done it and we all just looked at each other and we were like, shut up, don't anyone say it. But anyways, so that's a little side note on me um, and my first football camp. But that was a good one. Um, I completely lost track of where I was up to, but that's a good little fun fact story. I always remember these memories. Um, 
But yeah, so that was like this. Oh, I know where I was up to the school stuff. Yeah, so I never had a normal school life, I guess, in like the going out and partying and sneaking around. I was always, um, you know, just being at football camps and all my best mates, like even to this day now, well, I'm nearly 26 and that was when I was 12 years old. And I can say like some of my best mates are the ones I talk to from those camps. You know, they're the girls in those football teams are the ones that are the ones that I talk to and we don't even have to talk to every day like we can go six months a year without seeing each other you know talking every few weeks and stuff and it's like nothing's changed and I think that's the coolest thing ever I have some of the best bonds with um these guys in just because we were brought up the same we had the same outlooks and I'm very very grateful for that and that's what keeps me I guess so positive and happy is I just have such a great support network from all the way back then and even to now and the new friends that I was making. Um, but yeah, so way off topic, but that, this is my life. And so I'm just trying to fill years in on as much as possible. So then anyways, I left school at 17, you know, I, um, my first job was a little kicker's coach. So I've been a coach literally from day one, which I think is really, really cool and really, really special. Um, so I was a little kicker's coach, which is, for anyone that doesn't know that, it's coaching kids from 18 months to five, so they're little babies. Uh, we, and we just teach them, like, their basic fundamental skills, you know. So it's we've, it's playing fun games um, with them, but it's all about, obviously, teaching them coordination, balance, you know, colours, but also getting them ready for school, so to listen to someone else rather than mum and dad and to get them to interact with kids. So I did that for, like, four and a half years. And it was such a cool job. Like, I felt like I never really worked a proper day. Like, I was just playing games with kids and it was based around um, football and rugby. So it couldn't have get, got much better. And obviously, you work with another coach too and we're all pretty young. Like, we're all either at uni studying or something. So that was really, really cool um, experience. And, you know, that's kind of started my career in coaching and found, like, what I was good at and that I actually really enjoyed, you know, mentoring and educating and helping like kids grow up and to believe in themselves and be supportive um but yeah so then from there like one I went up to Sydney to study a diploma of football um for a year so that was a really cool experience so we got to like four days a week we got to go to this college um you would start the morning with like a pre-screen with the physio and then you would either go into a strength and conditioning session in the gym um, or you would go down onto the football field for an hour and then you would obviously switch over so you got both. So you got an hour or so on the field and then an hour or so in the gym. And then we did um, like recovery sessions. So then we would all have to jump in the pool um, and do recovery with our trainer. And then you had showers, you got to go have lunch and then the afternoon was like full of like lectures. So we learned obviously about the body we learn about, you know, mentoring um, and coaching and we learn about like player management and stuff like that. So that was really cool. So that was, um, I made some great friends from that too. And to this day, Geordie and Els, you know, they're still some of my best mates. Um, very, very close and very, very grateful again um, that sport brought us together. Uh, but unfortunately, this was where I did my first ACL. So I was, um, so you're in like groups, you had like red, orange, blue and purple and they were based off like your skill levels and stuff. But they just threw all of us girls because there was only 12 girls and there was like 140 boys. It was hectic. Um, we just got put in the purple one. Um, and I remember there was three of us girls that obviously played MPL. And some kids in the purple like hadn't really played football before. So we were really lucky that some of the coaches fought really hard and said like, no, these girls should be in one of the higher 
groups. Um, so we got to do some training sessions with the higher groups. Um, but anyways, you would play matches against each other and stuff. And then once a term, you would have like a, a specialty match where based off like how well you were training, like what you were doing, you would get selected for this like specialty match. So obviously nine times out of ten, it was all the boys um, and there was only like it was majority boys, sorry. And then me and Jazz or me and Nat um, were normally the only girls that got selected to play in these like specialty matches, um, which I thought was really, really cool and it's a massive compliment to the girl, us girls that got to play in these teams. Um, but we'd obviously – and we'd play the boys' teams too, so that was really cool as well. We got to play like King Sports High um, and then all these other ones. But King Sports High is where I did my ACL against. Um, so I remember it. We were warming up. I was the only girl in the, on the field, like the starting lineup and everything. Um, and I remember one of the boys in the other team said, like, why is there a girl playing? Like, she shouldn't be playing. Um, and I was like, oh, whatever, like, I'll show you. And I remember eight, clearly eight minutes in, like, our centre-back passed me the ball across the 18-yard box. And I went to step because it wasn't at my feet. It went out in front of me and I went to step and obviously uh, stop it and then change direction. And as I went to change direction, you just hear this, like, massive crunch of, like, the best way I explain it to people is, like, imagine a water bottle crunching. And then the lid popping off. Like, that's, like, just, like, my meniscus just getting crunched together and then my ACL snapping. Um, so I just – it's on video. Um, and you can just hear me scream and I just, like – it just was the weirdest – and it's not – it wasn't even actually painful, but the feeling, like, it feels like it just gets dislocated and your knee just, like, pops out. It's so weird. Um, but anyway, so that was kind of, like, my start to where I am now in the sense of – sports injuries you know that sports psychology that mental health and everything like that um so yeah I got stretched off and I, I didn't really know what an ACL injury was before this if I'm honest with you I never really heard about it it wasn't really a thing and I remember getting stretched off and one of the boys on the other teams was like oh that's what you get for trying to play a boys game or something and they just like I saw red like I was so angry because I was like like I couldn't control this and it just happened to be this game like I felt like I had something to prove and I didn't get my chance to, to prove that point. Um, and so it kind of gave me this real like fire in my belly that I was like, I'm going to come back so much stronger and I'm going to show everyone like what I can do. And it was, I always say to this day, like my ACLs are the best things that ever happened to me because they made me who I am today. And I know like what, they're an injury and some people are like, oh, that's not really too hectic. But to me, like that was my world getting turned upside down. All I ever knew was sport, fitness and football and I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't even walk for a week without like crutches because my knee would just give way. So, um, yeah, I remember when I got told, I went to the physio and like they told me and there's a photo, we have it. I'm just sitting there with ice on my knee, just staring at it, just looking so upset because I was like, that's my identity. That's who I, who I am and that's what I want to do and now, now what do I do from there? And um. I was training really well and that was a cool thing about this program is you had the opportunity to kind of go overseas um, and play and you had opportunities to, you know, hopefully sign like a, a pro contract with someone. So that to me was just devastating because then I, now I didn't have that chance. Like that chance was just ripped out from underneath me and I was like, well, everything I've just given up, everything that I've just worked for for the last like six months at this college, you know, is just thrown down the toilet. Um, and also the team I was playing for through the season, which a lot of you are probably aware of, was Sydney Olympic. Like, we were having such a good season. I was, like, really, really stoked with how I was playing, you know. Um, 
and I had to obviously tell the girls that I hurt my hurt my knee and I couldn't finish the season with them. And they made the finals and they did so well without me. And the the talent in that squad is just insane. So I knew they were going to be okay. But yeah, it was just a massive eye opener to that how quick something can just get taken away from you. Um, but yeah, anyways, so that that ACL really opened my eyes to you know um, let's. Let's see what our body can do, I guess. Let's see what my body can do and let's see how I can come back from this. And for anyone that doesn't know, they always say an ACL injury is about 12 to 18 months rehab before you're back to full strength and playing again. Um, and I just wanted to, I don't know why my brain's like this, but I just wanted to prove a point um, and get back quicker. So I focused really, really hard on my rehab. You know, I just worked when I could and then I always did my rehab as much as I could. And I was very, very fortunate. I came back and started playing 10 months post-surgery. So I didn't, so I did it in like July one year. And then the following year, I came back that June, that May, June area around there, um, uh, playing and everything like that. So I was pretty, pretty lucky. So I was like 10 months um, or 10 and a half months that I was back playing. And uh, the cool thing is I kind of got thrown in the deep end. Like they always say you go back slowly. And I did, I only played my first game. I only played like, half of a half so I played like 25 minutes and then the second game I was meant to just again play like 30 or 40 minutes but one of our girls was in a car accident they weren't hurt but they couldn't make the game and so I had to obviously just step up straight away and go into the starting lineup and I think that was the best thing ever for my confidence because I scored three goals in that game I was so stoked I was on a high and then I just went straight back into full 90 minute games from that um and then the following season, that's when I won all my big awards, like the MPL2 Golden Boot um, and all that, and actually got my first trial run with Western Sydney Wanderers in the W League. So uh, for anyone that doesn't know that, that's like the women's professional comp here in Australia. Um, unfortunately, my knee didn't wasn't my friend in the trials, and they were big days. Like To give you an insight on female sport and how much dedication and commitment, if you see a female at the top level in football, um, they have given up a shitload of their life. They've given up so much in their life to be where they are today. And that is such a respectful thing. Like I'm so just like proud of like those girls, like who they are and what they do. Um, But an insight to the Wanderers when we were training. So I was living in Wollongong. My alarm was set for 4am. I left home by 20 past four. I had to be in Sydney at training by six. So I'd get there at like 10 to six. You get in the change rooms, get changed quickly and then get out on the field by 6.15, 6.30 at the latest. Then you'd go through like your prehab, warm up with the physio and stuff. So that's about half an hour, 20 minutes. And then you'd go into um, like drill, like a bit of fitness, a bit of stuff with like the strength and conditioning coach, just like um, like agility stuff and then ball work. And then you would get into positional um, drills. So if you're a striker, we went and did shooting. Midfielders, they obviously did a lot of one-on-one stuff, like um, taking on a player and everything like that and quick passing and obviously defenders and goalkeepers. And then after that, you would do conditioning at the end and that was like the worst time of my life. I hate conditioning, if anyone knows me and just, ugh. Anyways, and then you would get your, take off your boots, put your joggers on and then you'd go into the gym for an hour and do um, some weights. So that, uh, by the time you finish all that, it's probably about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And then what I would do is drive all the way back down the coast two hours to Coma, and then I'd either be in the office as the assistant manager there or I'd be PTing um, for all afternoon, whatever time it was, till about six or seven. 
And then you go to bed and do it all over again the next day. So that was every Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday was our rest day, but it wasn't my rest day, unfortunately, because I was trying to make as much money as I could at the gym. So I was PTing from like 6am to like 7pm. Um, and then back to Sydney, Thursday, Friday. And then we had a game either Saturday or Sunday. And this was just the pre-season. This was just trials and stuff. So it was pretty intense. Um, and I remember one of the training sessions, what happened and the reason I never made it, um, and I'll be honest with it, is just... I did had a knee clash with one of the girls and it retore uh, some of my ACL and but it wasn't a full tear, um, so they just said you can either you know let it heal and then come back, um, or you can just keep trying to play on it with it strapped. So I outweighed the pros and the cons of waking up at four a.m. and and travelling and training for just to do rehab and everything like that, um, and it wasn't an easy decision. Like I remember I cried to be honest with you. Um, about it all because I thought I'd I'd made it and then it just got taken away from me again over a stupid knee injury again. Um, but I came to terms with it and realised like one day I had to kind of grow up and be an adult and realise that you know female football it might not be my career path. Like you can't make it you, now. You can actually start making a lot of money from it. But back the like this is probably going on six seven years ago now. Like you you couldn't. Um, make that much money and I was only you know just borderline getting into it so I made the the decision to go all right let's just focus on business and that's kind of where I just threw myself into Costanzo Fitness you know I went and got a logo created um I really started PTing heaps more started throwing more out on social media um and I was just PTing whoever I could you know whoever for weight loss you know um muscle building Uh, I didn't really I didn't have any kids it was all just a normal PT world um, in the gym, I just uh, was doing assistant manager role and I was PT and then eventually I was like, oh, I'm making enough money PT and I don't need the um, security of the assistant manager role anyways, uh, anymore, sorry. So then I just went full-time PT um, and it was very scary. I had to have many of phone calls and many of chats to people to, you know, kind of push me uh, to take that leap to go full-time sole trader and I'm so glad they did like a special shout out to Tommy and, and Nikki they they um they really helped me make that push and I was very I'm very grateful for them um and then yeah anyways and then I just didn't look back and it was the best best decision ever and I was still playing football uh in Sydney and everything like that when I could um but yeah so that's kind of like a bit of a background on where I was at and what I was doing um, but yeah, after that second ACL in 2019, you know, I kind of really was like, all right, maybe football is just not my thing at all anymore. Maybe I can't do that anymore. Um, maybe I just need to go into, um, you know, 100% what I want to do with my life and my career. So I kind of just did that. And then obviously the first year into full-time PT, I guess, kind of, um, that's when COVID hit and it was my it was the best thing for me in the sense that I kind of just got rid of um everyone that I didn't really want to train that sounds really bad but I just wanted to train kids like I just I'd had a few kids clients by then and they were into their sport and their fitness and I just found it so much more enjoyable training kids like I feel like I can give them so much more value than I can an adult which is a bit weird um maybe to think about in the sense of like um teaching things but I could just, I don't know, I could just teach them more life skills. Like, they just listened. They were so willing to do so much more. Maybe, as I say this sometimes, maybe it's because adults, we complain too much where kids just kind of get on with it. Uh, so maybe that's it. But they were just so awesome. So I just was like, all right, I'm going to be just a full-time kids trainer now. I'm just, I get along with kids so well. They connect with me really well. 
I was getting lots of good feedback from parents going like, oh, when I tell my kid to do something, they don't do it. But when Maddie says it, to do it, they do it. So I was like, oh, okay, I really have an influence on kids then. And this could be like, and I love doing it. Like it doesn't feel like work to me. So this is where I'm going to take it. And I just kind of, you know, just ran with it and just really started smashing that I'm a kid's trainer and this is who, who I am and this is what I want to do. And it's worked out really, really well for me now. Um, and that's just pretty much what I do. I, it is what I do full time. Um, and then I started getting into like all the mindset sort of stuff, obviously because of the injuries and some of my kids were copying injuries like broken femurs, um, you know, ACLs as well and, and everything else. So I was like, this is really a niche market that I can start helping athletes. Um, and then I kind of had that, I want to be the coach that I never got. Like I never got a coach that taught me these things that taught me about mindset and resilience. So I kind of had to figure it all out on my own. Um, so I wanted to be that coach to just help these kids make life a little bit easier because as athletes, especially growing up as kids, we were seen as different. Like we weren't, like I said at the start, we didn't sneak out and have parties and to the social people, like we were in camps and we were disciplined and we were strict. Like when mum and dad said, do something, like we did it. We didn't really rebel. Um, we were home when we were meant to be home and we did what we were told. Otherwise, you know, we weren't going to our, our sporting event. I remember mum one day just said you're not going to training because she heard I was mucking up and that's that was that that was the first and last time that I ever like mucked up because I didn't want to miss football training so I guess as athletes that we did we were a bit different and that's why I want to be the coach that I am now because I understand where they're coming from I understand what they have to deal with and I understand that we were different at school you know we get picked on for playing sport like us like girls we got picked on for you know hanging with the boys and playing sport with the boys and some of my girls now still get picked on that and I just think it's so crazy like that that's just even a thing but yeah so that's why I am doing what I'm doing now um and obviously in between all that you know lots of things in life happen like family members get sick um you know I had a really amazing relationship too and obviously that's unfortunately ended but I wouldn't change anything um and she was a very special person and you know, one of the best lessons I ever learnt was from a book, um, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty's. He just says like everything in life is temporary and you just need to enjoy it for what it is um, while we have it. And that's something that's really stuck with me is like um, I used to get so upset and angry when like I'd fight with a friend or a friend would leave or um, a family member would fight or something like that. Or, you know, like obviously when my parents split and everything, like you get really angry. But I learned to just live with um the moment and kind of just taking it in as it comes and I think that has a lot to do with obviously mindset and resilience and everything that I've had to go through in life um whether to me they're the biggest things in my life and to other people um they're probably nothing but that's why we're all different and I think everyone's issues and problems are all relevant in some way because they're relevant to them and what they're struggling with in life um but yeah that's kind of where I'm up to now you know get just getting focused and obviously we're in lockdown now as well this is like Monday day one of lockdown and I just want to be that supportive person to a lot of people like uh, yesterday I made sure I sent a message out to all my different group chats of friends and just said here's my three gratefuls what are your three gratefuls you know I just want to be that positive influence in someone's life I want to be the reason someone stays around I want to be the reason someone believes in themselves I want to be the reason that they feel like they can achieve whatever they want um and that's my drive and that's why I do a lot of things um but my biggest reason my biggest why is obviously like I said at the start my family uh, my family is very little uh, we are very close um and you know I want to do 
everything and anything I can to support my family, especially my little nephew that's now come along. He's 18 months old and he's like honestly the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like he being an auntie is probably the coolest job you could ever get in life because you just get to be the cool person that, you know, spoils them and um, takes them out for like milkshakes and everything like that. Like I can't wait till I can do that with him um, and, t- and teach him how to play soccer. Like I'm already trying to teach him how to kick a kick a soccer ball um, or a football. I'm going to get caught out for that. I know it. But yeah, so that's pretty much like where I'm at in life now. Like I, I've, a lot of people have been asking for this podcast. So that's most of it wrapped up that I can think of. I've probably missed a million and one things in all that. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. And I hope, I don't know, now you kind of have a bit more understanding of where I come from. So to wrap it up, like I moved a lot, you know, I've split parents um you know I had a lot of uh injuries uh when I was also I was about to make it big time with like my favorite sport and where I thought I was going to be in life to where I am now is probably a bit different but I wouldn't change anything and you know those big setbacks like I said in my ACLs they're the best things that ever happened to me because they made me focus on starting a business figuring out who I am figuring out what I'm good at and just running with it and not letting anyone stop me or not letting anyone get in my way and tell me that my job isn't good enough or relevant because a lot of trainers we get told our job's a hobby we get told that what's our real job you know and I still know that like some people judge me for that and um, just think because I don't have a uni degree it's not important Um, but I think what I'm doing now with kids and teaching them life skills and teaching them about dealing with bullies and dealing with resilience and injuries and setbacks and their mindset I'm setting them up I know I'm setting them up for um life and life skills and so that's why no one's going to stop me from being who I am and what I'm doing now is because I can see it and so what I want to say to you guys is if you have a vision if you have a goal if you are good at something if you want to do something do it don't let anyone stop you don't let anyone tell you you can't don't don't let yourself tell you you can't don't make up false situations in your head just to get out of it like just start and it doesn't matter if you have all the qualifications on the sun or none it doesn't matter, just get the basics, you know, start with the basic qualifications, go get them and then build your way up. Like I just started with my Cert 3 and 4 and now I have six or seven different certificates underneath my name and that's just because each year I just wanted to learn something new and progress every year um, to become a better trainer and to become a better coach. And so now I'm where I am today giving talks in high schools and um, being special guests on, on Zoom calls and podcasts and I didn't get there overnight. Like that's taken me a good two two and a half years, three years nearly to get to where I am now. And I'm so excited for where I'm going to be in another two, three years. And then I'm excited where I'm going to be in another 10 years because I just don't want to be the normal person that tried and gave up. Like I'm just going to keep on going and going and going because one of my, this is weird, but um, to say out loud because some people might just think, I don't know. But anyways, I just want to ring my mum one day and just go, mum, you don't have to work anymore. Like I've got you. And I just want to ring all my mates one day and just go, pack your bags, get some time, like put time in for leave, like for these two weeks, I've just booked, um, you know, a villa in Bali, uh, just pack your stuff and bring spending money, like that is what I want to do, I just want to treat my family to whatever they need, whatever little Ty needs, whatever my little sister needs, um, and then I just want to do that with my friends too, you know, like I want to go, I've worked hard, you guys have supported me the whole way through, like you guys have listened to me complain, listened to me love what I'm doing, you know, now I'm going to give back and let's go on a holiday. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's a long-winded version, I guess. That's like a 40-minute podcast pretty much. So if you're still around, thanks for listening. Um, like I said, I probably missed out on a few things in between there. But yeah, that's pretty much who I am and where I am now. So um, look forward to the next few podcasts with some special guests coming on. You don't have to listen to me ramble again. Um, and I will talk to you all soon. Thanks. Bye. Yo, never let them stop your grind. And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine. Why? Cause you work hard to get there. When you get stuck, look up. Don't just sit there. There's haters regardless. Just do what you do. You ain't through till it's finished, man. That's what winners do.